Let's get motivated. Ladies and gentlemen, may I have your attention, please? This is the Kenny James Show. Direct and in full effect. Visit KennyJToday.com. She is an intellectual powerhouse. You get confused about what love really is when you said, I loved him so much. The issue is that he didn't love you so much. The go-to person on The Oprah Winfrey Show. Dr. Robin has just written her first book. Then. I was the walking dead. I was miserable. I barely made it out alive. Okay, guys, with my greatest welcome, a phenomenal woman. Welcome, Dr. Robin Smith. Well, thank you for those generous words and uh, for really uh, giving me a chance to be with you. I want to start on how I came about the Dr. Robin phenomenon. (laughs) (laughs) So I watched the Oprah Winfrey show as a young man, and it wasn't until the point when I believe it was you, Jada Pinkett, Venus and Serena Williams, Mm -hmm. a young lady had told you guys about her physical and emotional abuse from her boyfriend. And it was so simple, yet it was so meaningful when you said, I think it's time for us to all put our thinking caps back on. Mm. Well, you know, and I think even as you remind me of that moment, um, with that show, and I remember that show very well. It was actually at the beginning of my uh, time with Oprah and on her show, and there were, you know, a room full of uh, girls, teenagers, and uh, some parents, and as you mentioned, Jada uh, Pinkett Smith and Venus and Serena and Oprah and me. And one of the things that I remember so um, powerfully, as you remind me actually of that day, was how much suffering was in that room. And uh, with all of this, you know, youth, we think of like young people, and, and you're young, and we think of, you know, people who are, uh, but particularly we're talking about, you know, young girls and teenagers, and, and the, the myth in many ways is, you know, what could a teenager, what could be that bad? I mean, how could you um, have something sitting on your soul that early? I remember from that day, and, and I would actually add to my own words, not only to put our thinking caps back on as people are, you know, listening and with us right now, but to open our hearts again. Because part of the way that abuse happens, and, you know, abuse is, it, it happens in so many ways. I mean, there's the obvious, someone being physically or sexually um, traumatized, but we we don't really recognize there are so many more subtle and actually in that way more dangerous forms of abuse where parts of our self and our souls are being chipped away at and we don't even know it. Really leads me to your new book, Hung. In 2010, you were in a car accident. Mm-hmm, very your, severe. Your home was flooded. You had financial situations that were dire and desperate. And then that your dear dog, Callie, died. Yeah, my sweet baby. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Actually, you left out something. Um, and my home was burglarized. Burglarized. As um, well. Yeah, and so everything besides my safety, all of my jewelry and things that uh, were of no monetary value to anyone, but things like my father's medical school pen and things of my grandmother's. My grandmother just died last year and was 108 and a half, and the daughter of a freed slave. So there were things that money could never replace. And so that also happened in that short span of time. The accident happened in February, February 4th, and then. Uh, Callie died on April 24th and the house was burglarized.
was uh, at the end of May, and then the house was flooded in July. So mm-hmm. it was really every time I thought I was uh, even trying to catch my breath, something else took it away. Oprah mentions a lot about, you know, you getting the little pebbles thrown at you. You hit a brick, and then <laughs> the whole wall just comes tumbling down on you. Did you ever have in any moment those pebbles that you could say, hmm? Oh, oh, hmm. With, oh without a doubt. I mean, and I say in, in Hungary, um, the truth about being full, that C.S. Lewis has a quote that says, God whispers to us in our, in our pleasures, speaks to us in our conscience, and shout in our pain. And it says that, absolutely, did I have pebble? For sure. And also, uh, part of what I now know, and the universe does not just speak to us with a pebble, the universe also speaks to us in pleasure, in joy. And if we miss the messages that come from what feels good, um, which one could call a pebble, but it also might be an embrace instead of a pebble, because, you know, we think, again, of pebbles and stones and bricks and walls. That's the hard side of it where messages come to us. So, yes, I did have that. But the other side of that coin that we don't talk enough about and that we don't learn enough from are the things that feel good and that are joyful. And because we miss those moments as teaching, I'm like, this is how a friendship should feel. What interests me in regards to the book, you speak about being emotionally anorexic. Mm -hmm. But explain for them what you were talking about when you said emotionally anorexic. Yeah, and a lot of people thought that it was either about um, an eating disorder, which I don't have. I, uh, <laughs> I, I mean, which, and, and I say that because I, um, when people have asked me the question, which I'm, you know, it's good and because I've been slender my whole life mm-hmm. and athletic, and so people think, oh, maybe this is, you know, she's coming out about having an eating disorder, and I've said, I don't have one, thank God. I have so many other things I've grappled <laughs> with um, that may feel less sensational. Um, and I, I, I'm going to answer your question, but I want to say something about, and this is connected to emotional anorexia, that one of the things I've found, particularly in Hungary, that people either thought, again, it was about food, you know, a diet, or, or about an eating disorder, not about what we're hungry, really hungry for. It's a tragedy as we look at the ways in which people suffer and so many different ways, ways that need real comfort and that need real nourishment. Had hungry been about my having a literal physical eating disorder, it would have been like, ooh, Mm -hmm. Dr. Robin had an eating disorder, ooh. Mm -hmm. You know, did you know? Did you know? But what is tragic is that Dr. Robin was grappling with something that everyone grapples with, whether they know it or not, which, and not to in any way minimize people who are dealing with and facing bulimia or anorexia or or any of the ways in which food becomes um, a force that is hurtful and painful. But what is tragic is to not know that the ways in which we harm ourselves, not feeling good about who we are, not knowing that we deserve more, mm-hmm. that it yeah. may not seem like as sensational as uh having, you know, an addiction of any sort, but self-hatred and not being able to draw into our lives worthy people and worthy love and worthy jobs and, you know, 
whatever it is that we're looking for is far more um, deadly and pervasive than any disorder. Emotional anorexia is really about, and I talk about eating crumbs and calling them a meal. Right. And how many times have any of us been in friendship or family or a love relationship, uh, a job, and told ourselves the lie that uh, this is good. This, I'm satisfied, mm-hmm. or maybe I'm not satisfied, but that's because um, it's not time yet for me <laughs> to be full. It's not, I haven't, you know, been in this relationship long enough to feel safe and secure. And so we begin to make a lot of excuses for why we're starving. And so emotional anorexia is really about the ways in which we are in connection with things or people that birth suffering. I mean, it's like someone who does drugs. People who are, you know, self-medicating with drugs, alcohol, shopping, sex, whatever the many ways are that people self-medicate, part of the reason people self-medicate is because they don't want to feel what they're really hungry for. And one of my favorite parts in the book, Dr. Robin, is it it started early on in chapter one, page 15. You have a few phrases that you can live by, like, I'm hungry for real love, not Mm -hmm. crumbs. I try to call a meal. I'm hungry for a relationship where respect is the cornerstone of the connection. I'm hungry to have my gifts and talents truly appreciated by those I work with. And I'm hungry to not need to dumb myself down so that others can feel smart. Mm-hmm. I think that that last one truly is a, something that a lot of people are grappling with today. Um, I have a friend that actually feels that she needs to do that. And she, meaning she needs to do it because if she doesn't, then someone what else is the will, price? Exactly. What's going to happen now? Mm-hmm. So well, you know. and I and see, this is the piece about that. The other part of that question is the if I you know I feel that I need to dumb myself down so that someone else is another phrase I use not there but somewhere else is so that someone else can um, so that their light can shine bright. You know, mm-hmm. let me dim my own light so that someone else's light can shine bright. And the danger and the other part of the question we don't know to really say is okay. So if I don't do that, your friend you're mentioning is afraid, well, what will happen? The question is, and if I do it, what price do I pay? I have a few questions for you, Dr. Robin. One person asked, what kind of advice would you give for young people who are afraid of being themselves, particularly those individuals based on their sexuality, religion, or family? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I know it's a great question. I mean, I think for um, the L- you know, LGBTQ um, community or people who are struggling with, you know, faith, um, changing faith, having no faith, not being sure what they feel, and they're young. Um, it's a great question because I, what I want to put out there are two suggestions. One is to weigh the price, as I said, of what it would mean to abandon who you really are. And I say this in the book, you can't, you cannot have a successful life if success is about actually becoming who we are if we vacate our lives. So one, to redefine what it really means to be happy, successful. I mean, what does that really mean? And make sure the definition fully embraces all of who you are, um, even when other people can't. Now, part two to that is make sure you surround yourself with a village, a tribe, a community of people who nurture and nourish the person you really are, not the person they want you to be. Because sometimes when we're trying to become who we really are, if we're doing that around people who 
are adversarial, who are condemning, who are judgmental, and we wonder why we keep collapsing and kind of breaking down. Well, because we're, we're asking ourselves to do something in isolation. And so this, this journey is not to be made alone. From a young lady uh, in Montana, I've been in a relationship for the past six years. I'm hungry, she used the word hungry, for a husband. Mm-hmm. Not a boyfriend. Okay, so six years. I mean, the question is, in six years, we have information. And if you're with someone and you're hungry for a husband, and I really would want to, you, the person who asked that, and it's a wonderful question, hungry for a husband or hungry for a partner mm. who you maybe are going to be married to, who chooses you, who lights up when you walk into the room. And so if you are with someone for six years and that person isn't lighting up because you are and they don't share the same values, the same mission, the same passion to be connected in a deeply intimate way, which may lead to being your husband and you're being their wife. The question is, why are you still there? And so I want to tell her to pay attention to her own, meeting her own needs. And if this is not the person and she is continuing to be in a long-term relationship with someone where she's actually starving, then again, that's where she wants to break her own addiction to suffering. And there's one part of the book, you title it Hungry for the High Note. Mm-hmm. And you speak about Whitney Houston and Lionel Richie and Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And I've really taken this into consideration and embodied it. When you're trying to continue to hit that high note that you're accustomed to or that people are accustomed to you doing, that's when it also gets pretty dangerous. Yeah. I mean, one of the things I say about Michael Jackson and Whitney is they were the victims. I mean, people say that they died from drugs. And I say, well, no, not really. I mean, the pain and the terror of not hitting the high note was so big. And what were they really afraid of? I mean, about being enough, you know, who would want them, who would choose them, who would come to see them. I mean, the night before Whitney died, I'm told that, you know, she said, I'm going to, to the head of her record label, I'm going to hit that high note again. And so the question for all of us, are we chasing an old moment and trying to make it live again instead of asking, what is life offering me in this moment? And I say about Lionel Richie, what's beautiful, I mean, he's giving us such a beautiful example. He talks about, look, he was, you know, the lead in the Commodores. He has an amazing voice and he goes and becomes a solo artist and blows up even that much bigger. And, you know, we all love him. He's he's magnificent as a performer. What he realized is that as he's grown older, and I would say even more courageous and wiser, but he's older, so his voice has changed. And so when he gets to those notes that are high that he can't hit anymore, instead of hiding it, what he does is he says, you know, to the audience, everybody join in here. The lesson in that is that when we hide our limitations, first of all, from ourselves, and then we feel that we've got to live that lie out, it, it makes, it dwarfs us. It doesn't allow us to grow. Rumi, the, the uh, ancient poet, said that the wound is the place where light enters. And so a lot of times the very thing we're hiding most is the place where light wants to enter and life wants to enter and abundance wants to show up. But it can't if we are closed and afraid and 
and pretending to be big and pretending not to be fearless when actually we're shaking like a leaf. And so if we can gently and with love become acquainted with all the parts of ourselves, you're talking about a whole human being, not a perfect human being, but none of us are perfect, but someone who's whole, part of wholeness so that people remember this, part of being whole is being hungry, is saying, I actually have needs and I have wants. And, you know, I, one thing I, I want to make sure I say that for people, if you don't remember anything else, often people pride themselves on needing nothing. Mm, You'll hear people say, oh, I don't, I don't need anything. I don't, you know, I don't have any needs and I don't sweat anyone for anything. I don't, well, you know, that's not real because people who are alive and vibrant and growing are people who very much have needs. And the shame that we have placed on ourselves for actually saying that we need something or need someone or need to be affirmed or want to be in relationships that are affirming and kind, you know, effortless, uh, more times than not. We have partnered with suffering in a way that we're addicted to suffering, and we call that normal. Hmm. And so the challenge for all of us is not to beat ourselves up about anything, but it is to step into this moment and see where is it that I have partnered with suffering? Where is it that I've partnered with starvation? And try to tell myself that I can live off of fumes when our life and our soul and our relationships are saying, I want more. Hey, yo, that will conclude the show for today. But remember, if you like this podcast, y'all, please share it with your friends. Also, like and subscribe. There's a lot more where that came from that will be coming this way. Trust and believe. Like and subscribe. Follow me on social media. You can catch me on Instagram at Sir Kenny J. That's S I R K E N N Y J as in Jack. Hit me up on my website. That's KennyJToday.com. Until later, y'all. Peace.